Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, I'm Amanda from Trifecta Fitness. We're proud to be Clarksville's new Get Fit headquarters. Trifecta Fitness is a state-of-the-art spin and strength training studio. Our spin studio is truly one of a kind in this area, complete with 20 state-of-the-art live fitness bikes and an incredible sound system. Our strength training is done in small groups of six or fewer, and all of our strength and spin classes are scalable for every level of experience. Come see us in the heart of Clarksville, just behind MAPCO at the corner of Old Trenton Road and Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. Call us for more info at 931 or download our Trifecta Fitness app for a full list of upcoming classes. In October 2019, Arlington, Texas was chosen to be the home of a new national museum, unlike any other. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a unique home of military history. The 100,000 square foot museum will house exhibits, archives, and artifacts relating to the 3,500 U.S. troops who have been awarded the medal, the nation's highest honor for valor in combat. The museum will have 31,000 square feet of galleries dedicated to U.S. troops who have received the award. The museum CEO, former Navy SEAL and NASA astronaut Chris Cassidy said the museum will focus on education as much as preservation. The building will have five areas dedicated to Medal of Honor winners from the Army, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard. The main gallery will be located in a central plaza under a 25,000 square foot slab of steel, which will appear to be suspended in midair. It will be supported by five pillars. Black Rifle Coffee is a corporate sponsor of the museum, as are the Dallas Cowboys. The museum's board also includes over a dozen major corporations and six Medal of Honor recipients, including David Bellavia, Patrick Brady, and Britt Slabinski. Army Staff Sergeant Bellavia was awarded the medal for clearing an entire house by himself on November 10, 2004, as a squad leader in support of Operation Phantom Fury in Fallujah, Iraq. He killed four enemy fighters and wounded a fifth in close quarters battle. Army Major General Brady flew and coordinated the evacuation of 51 seriously wounded men during a firefight in Vietnam in January 1968. Slabinski, a Navy SEAL chief and team leader, led a rescue team of SEALs during Operation Anaconda in Afghanistan in March 2002. Slabinski and his team flew to a mountaintop ambush site to rescue Petty Officer First Class Neil Roberts, who had fallen from the back of a helicopter. Slabinski led the team through almost constant combat against an entrenched Taliban force. Along with the board members, former presidents Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama serve as honorary directors. The museum is expected to open to the public in late 2024. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Fit Nation. We are a show. Founded by a veteran and hosted by two veterans and a military spouse. Our mission is to get people to tell their story to the world. If you're an author, share your tips with Ms. Fitnation. If you're a musician or actor, our audience needs to know how they too can get into the business. Coaches, we love our coaches. 
come on and share some of your tips with the Misfit Nation to help them become better versions of themselves. If you're a corporate leader or an entrepreneur, come on and share how you did it and how hard you have fought for success. If you're a veteran, first responder, or Gold Star family, we would love to have you come on and just share your story with the Misfit Nation. We always have time for you. If you're feeling down, alone, or starting to see the darkness, stop. Think about those who are around you. You are not alone. You will be missed. If you feel like your problems will be a burden to those in your inner circle or are embarrassed, dial 988. If you are a veteran, take option one. We need you to keep pushing forward. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Misfit Nation. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps and also on our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell to keep you up to date with our latest episodes and all of our news. You can also find us on Heroes Media Group and About Face Radio. Now, let's get to the show. All right, y'all, we have a good one tonight. The show's coming at you from from tomorrow where he is and here today, of course, where we are. Our next guest is an inspiring, relatable, and transformative keynote speaker, facilitator, author, and helicopter pilot. He's well known for smashing stereotypes and transforming self-leadership. He took and passed his pilot's course at the age of 21, went on to serve in the Australian Army for 20 years, flying Blackhawk and Chinook helicopters. He deployed on numerous overseas operations, and towards the peak of his career, he too contemplated suicide and suffered a breakdown due to cocktail, PTSD, anxiety, depression, alcohol abuse, and a toxic culture. It wasn't a war zone that tore him apart. It was all his his time in service, and now his time after. So without further ado, let's welcome Kevin Humphreys to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Kevin. Good night, Rich. Thanks for having me, Mike. I just gave a, a couple sentences about you. You have an awesome career, a long career, and you continue to to, to serve now in different capacities. And uh, I'd like you to just expand upon that for the Misfit Nation now. Yeah, mate. Um, the, the very short version is uh, left high school, went straight off to uh, to officer training, got through there, got through pilot's course by the skin of my teeth. Um <laughs> Almost, almost got kicked off a couple of times, but managed to just scrape through, and um, and then managed to to be the, the the top student on course. Finished there at 21 with the keys to a Blackhawk, um, and, and that started uh, basically a 20 year army career, flying around most of Australia um, and various parts of the world. I, I was uh, had the privilege to be a flight instructor at the United States uh, Army Aviation Training Centre at Fort Rucker, as it was known at the time, and. Um, and then humanitarian operations in Papua New Guinea, uh, and then operational work in uh, East Timor, um, Iraq, and uh, Afghanistan uh, a few times as well. So bounced around the place a, a bunch of times and flying, bouncing backwards and forwards between Blackhawk and Chinook. And uh, I was the uh, held most roles from being a line pilot to a maintenance pilot to an instructor pilot to being a, a, a company commander and a task group commander. Uh, as well so um, uh, but right towards the end of my uh, of that 20 years I yeah I fell in a heap contemplating breakdown 
and uh, contemplating suicide and had a breakdown, I should say. And um, and that that took me to the absolute depths of the world. Um, and uh, when it came to uh, to actually going to do it, I collapsed. I just couldn't do it. And um, and that was the the most shameful sensation I've ever experienced in my life to feel that I'd failed my country, that I'd failed the army, failed my unit, failed my family, failed my parents, failed everybody. And um, and and took a took a long time to come back from that. But you know, after nine months or so, I eventually got back to work a couple of days a week. Uh, and got my flying status back um, and uh, I didn't fly again in the army because I was in ground jobs and whatever by that stage anyway. But, um, but uh, then went on to be a civilian search and rescue pilot for another 10 years, flying the, the Bell 412 and the Augusta 139 and um, onshore, offshore rescues and whatnot. So, you know, I did that for another decade. And uh, But even though I got back to being functional again, I, I still had this deep-seated feeling of failure and shame. And uh, also, when I, I left the Army because I was publicly declared as damaged goods by some of the senior officers above me in the Army, and, uh, and that apparently no one buys damaged goods, according to them. So my, my career profile was basically shot, and, uh, and, and so that's why I left the Army. And, uh, and went off and pursued a civil career. But even though I was functioning at work, I, I still, I was very bitter and very angry for how I left the army and, uh, and, and had this deep feeling, uh, deep seated shame. So when, when I left the army, I actually asked my wife to keep it a secret, keep all of this horrible stuff a secret. Uh, and, and we constructed our personal and professional lives for what ended up being seven years so that those topics never, ever came up. Uh, and it wasn't until I was getting some coaching with somebody that uh, through business coaching and uh, this incredible woman, and, and she said, you know, Kevin, I know there's something you're not telling me. I know that there's something you're holding back from me. And until you tell me the whole truth, I can't help you fully. And, uh, and anyway, it was through a, a bucket load of tears that I eventually came out with it. And... Um, and she asked me a really poignant question and she said, have I accepted that I had suicidal ideation and that I have a mental illness? And I was not, no way. It's all their fault. It's all their, it's, it's up. It's because of them that I'm like this and it's not fair. And she said, what if acceptance doesn't mean any of that? What if acceptance has got nothing to do with that? What if acceptance means I don't like it, want it, or condone it? It just is. It just was. It's a historical fact. And it's got no more relevance in the colour of the chair or the colour of the carpet. And, and that just sat me back in my seat and went, you know what? I think I can work with that. I, I, I reckon I can work with that. And, um, and so a couple of months later, I released my secret to a, a this business group, not a psychology group, not a men's group, not a counselling group, but a, a business coaching group and, um, and released my secret to them. And, um, and, and I'll tell you what was just incredible about that was I, I literally had men walking across tables to get to me, to give me a hug and say, mate, your story is just like mine. I just haven't got the balls to talk about it yet. And, uh, and, and that was just incredible. And I felt 20 centimetres taller and 20 kilos lighter 
you know, 40, 50 pounds lighter just for just for getting it off my chest. And uh, and then the, the the lady who was running the business group, a different lady to the one who challenged me on acceptance, she uh, she said, okay, Kevin, next month you're getting on stage and talking about it. I was like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No way in the world. And um, and she said, no, 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 come on. You'll be right. Let's uh, let's go on stage and talk about it. And anyway, I did shaking, trembling, crying. Um, it was it was pretty ugly. And um, but you know, again, that that uh, that that point in time of getting on stage and um, and and sharing some stuff that had gone on with me, and 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 really importantly, what it meant to me. Because we can have the same event happen to both you and I, Rich, but as we know, you'll see it one way, I'll see it a different way. And it's not that either is right or wrong, it's just that they're different. And, um, and so by, by sharing my experiences of what these things meant to me and the impact it had on me, then allowed other people, particularly men, to start unlocking some of their issues and going that's similar to mine I, I kind of get that and um and so i then the following month or about two months later got up on stage and and did it again a different slightly different but but essentially the same and people kept on saying kevin keep talking keep talking keep talking people need to hear this and uh and anyway i did and and one thing and, and then i did i started doing a whole bunch of volunteer presentations to, to different groups, to veteran groups, to defence industry groups, to, um, to community groups. And then someone came up to me and said, um, hey, Kev, can you come and do that at my workplace? Um, and how much do you charge? I said, oh, I don't charge anything. I, I'm a, I just do this because I think it's the right thing to do. And they said, well, I, I can't have you come to my workplace and me not pay you. Um, so one thing led to another and uh, I went there, did that. Another organisation said, can you come and talk at our workplace and how much do, how much do we pay you? I gave them the same story. Said, no, no, no. They gave me the same story. And, uh, and, and, and so now I'm a full-time keynote speaker. I, uh, I get on stage and talk to people about my experiences, about mental health, about leadership, about resilience, about change, and, uh, and, and do it around the world. So... I was, in, I was in North Dakota at the start of this year and New Zealand in, in April and, um, yeah, various places in Australia as well. So, yeah, it's been a and, – and I'll tell you what's really amazing about this is that, you know, 20 years serving in, serving in the nation's <coughs> military, various parts around the world, um, doing some, you know, some, some high-risk missions and, and whatnot, and then 10 years serving the community through emergency services, you know, first responders, um, getting people out of harm's way from a domestic perspective. But I tell you, the, the sense of service I get now from being able to have the impact I have on people from stage and the feedback I get from people about the difference it makes to their lives to hear someone else going through it and giving them the courage and the strength to tackle their own demons, it, it honestly is the highest level of service I've ever experienced. It, it just is incredible. I never, ever thought I would see it like that, but just amazing. 
I can imagine. Uh, I get that just doing the show here, being able to talk to veterans like yourself and or other first responders too that have gone through that roller coaster and uh, maybe hit rock bottom and almost did the same as you and got to that point. And uh, luckily you're here today with us and you hit that point, but you collapsed and were able to come back to us and you were able to find the help that you needed to get over the bridge and, and be able to say, now I'm an advocate for mental health and I'm able to say, Hey, I don't want you to be lost. I want to share my story and hopefully my story resonates with you enough where they do jump over the table and hug you and say, Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for doing this for me. And now I can even maybe tell my story and do the same thing. And that's amazing that you're on that journey as well. Yeah, man, absolutely. And, and this is the really important point that me telling my story is actually not about me, right? It's really, really not about me. It's about the other person being able to see the similarities in their experiences. And, uh, and, and that's, the, that's the bit that's really magical about it and, uh, and, and truly transformative for people. Definitely. And I, and I see in your profile, you're the mental health ambassador for Airbus uh, Australia as well. So yep. is that uh, doing speeches to the... I guess the workforce there and maybe helping them get, get motivated to get the help they need if they do need it or recognize that they have may have a problem or not. Yeah. So all of the above really. So yeah, I go around all their, uh, all their, their base locations and give uh, mental health presentations as well as they have a, a leadership program that they run for um, junior and mid-level leaders, uh, leaders coming up, excuse me for a sec. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, so their leadership program. I'm a I'm a regular uh, feature. I've, I've got a, a regular Wednesday 3 p.m. time slot uh, in that leadership program, um, and yeah, I, I go in there for an hour and a half to two hours and and talk about my experience and mental health and 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 what I uh, I started calling I started calling mental health leadership, um, and now I've evolved it into what I call noble self leadership. Uh, but really, it's about mental health being the foundation for your own self-leadership. And then once you're truly leading yourself in every domain, be it um, physical, emotional, spiritual, um, you know, and, and spiritual is whatever that means to you. It might be religious. It might be just connecting with yourself. And, um, and, and then from there, looking at leading others so that you're coming from a, a a, a really strong foundational position before trying to lead others. And, and that was, you know, born out of my own um, experience where I realised one of, one of the failures of servant leadership and people, you know, talk about servant leadership a lot and I, and I think servant leadership is brilliant. But one of the failures of servant leadership is when you do it the way that I did it. And when you do it the way that I did it, it was everything, 100% of your leadership and 100% of your energy is put into the welfare, the well-being of everybody else. And, and I wasn't looking after myself. I wasn't ensuring I was getting quality sleep. I wasn't ensuring I was getting uh, nutri sufficient nutrition. I wasn't ensuring that I was um, doing exercise. I wasn't ensuring that I was um, being, that I was aligning to my own values um, 
first and foremost. I wasn't, you know, doing all these things that were required to make sure I stayed healthy in every aspect and then lead other people. And so as a result, that's that's one of the reasons why I, I had my breakdown. Definitely. And I think uh, a lot of guys and gals from uh, our generation of service, like you did 30 years, I did 22 in the Army, you did 20 in the service, and then 10 after. When we were in, it was all about what you just said. You give everything to the uniform. Everything you give is to that uniform and never look in the mirror and say, I need to take care of me. Take care of all those around you. Make sure they're good. But no one was really looking after us. And I think for a long time, it's, it was still the case probably until probably midway through the, the first part of the war here, the global war on terrorism. And then mm-hmm. people started looking back and saying, maybe our leaders need help too. Yeah. And now that dynamic is a little different because now it's, it's not, I guess, evil to have a mental health issue. It's strength to say that you have the issue now and it you're applauded if you go get help now. Whereas before you were kind of like you, uh, persona non grata, saying, oh, you're no, no good for service anymore. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If, you know, going back to, uh, you know, my first, my first taste of, um, I didn't know that it was a panic attack at the time, was my, uh, after my first trip home from uh, East Timor, Timor-Leste in 2000. But it was after my first trip home from the um, uh, Iraq in 2003, um, where I was, you know, waking up <laughs> in the middle of the night, you know, night terrors, screaming, crying, all that kind of stuff. And um, but you know, being messed in the head is is the phrase we used at the time. If you were messed in the head, you were gone. It was just it was just as simple as that. You were gone. And um, and yeah, that was the last thing that you wanted to be was be known to be you know, messed in the head. So, but now absolutely, it's a, it's a sign of strength. And and um, and well, let's just say it once. So it's a sign of looking after yourself. And, and so the phrase I use is be selfish in order to be selfless. Um, and so it's, you know, it's one thing. It's still absolutely um, heresy and taboo for a military person to be selfish, right, for good reason. We don't want anybody being jack. We don't want anybody being selfish um, in uniform because that is going to be absolutely catastrophe on the battlefield. Um, but what we do want people to do is to be selfish with the intention of being selfless. That means that they are looking after themselves with the full intention of looking after their team, with the full intention of being there in the long run, the full intention of being able to give the mission and the men and the women that they command or that they work with 100% every time they need to. I love that. I love that saying, be selfish in order to be selfless. In order to be a selfless leader, you have to take care of self first. And uh, I think that's where we are now. And uh, I think we both we both witnessed a lot of we lost a lot of good dudes and do that to women and men due to them admitting they had a problem early on in in our careers and they were disappeared, basically. And yeah. they probably could have kept contributing if they just had that help. If they maybe got someone to listen to them and, and help them, they could have been just as kind of, contributor just as much as a contributor as everyone else and i think those are lessons we all learned and uh thankfully the service has learned as well yeah absolutely absolutely and um you know and and i through my own experience with um 
uh, with suicidal ideation and then, you know, lost one of the pilots that I, um, I mean, veteran suicide, is, as you know, is a, a massive, terrible issue um, in, uh, in, in the US, in Australia, in, in, in every country. And, um, you know, it, it really hit home for me in um, uh, late 2019 when I, I lost a, a friend of mine. He was one of the pilots in, in the Chinook squadron. And um, he was very, very troubled for a long time. Ended up taking his life in December 2019. And, and then uh, Anzac Day, which is a... Uh, a our most significant day of commemoration, particularly military commemoration um, in Australia and Australia and New Zealand on the 25th of April. Um, I was in, um, uh, in in Townsville, a regional area on shift with the rescue helicopter and um, and then went for a walk into the into the main park where the cenotaph is and, you know, reflecting and, and came across a funeral service booklet uh, for a private infantry soldier who had taken his life on Remembrance Day? Sorry, on Anzac Day the year before, wow. and um, and and I looked around, and and here was this you know A five size funeral booklet held down on the ground with a rock on each corner, and um, and I thought this is terrible. You know, we, we've got to do that. We've got to do a lot better than this. This is this is the only thing the families of service personnel who have taken their own lives. After, after, either in service or after service, they have nowhere to go. For them, they are still shunned, right? So military, military personnel and indeed the general community, we're now seeing the benefits of getting, uh, getting mental health assistance, right, and looking after ourselves. Um, but what really struck me here was the families that are left behind still have nothing. Right. And uh, and indeed, the only thing they they do have one thing, and that's stigma, um, you know, laid against them for you know their 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 son, their husband, their whoever having taken their own life, and um, and so I vowed to do something about it. So I've now created an organisation called Core Infinitus, or uh, depending on your Latin, Core Infinitus, and uh, and and that means infinite courage because. I, I believe that the um, that the, the families are the ones who need infinite amounts of courage to have been able to gone through what they did leading up to the person taking their own life, and then indeed live with the unanswerable questions that linger after someone has taken their own life. And so, uh, so I'm getting memorials put in all around the country, and it's my aim to get one in every city, suburb, and town around the country. Uh, dedicated to those who have served and taken their own lives, but they're com they're completely anonymous, so there's no names of any kind on anyone. Um, they don't represent any individual person or era or circumstance. Um, they're completely anonymous and therefore completely inclusive. So it doesn't matter on the the era, you know, whether it's World War One. You know, we had we had soldiers after World War One coming home on the ships um, who jumped ship. More than sixty of them that we're aware of jump ship into the ocean because they they couldn't face coming home uh, you know so suicide in the veteran community has been around forever um, and, and 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 the whole point of these memorials though um, is to give the family somewhere tangible to go to connect and feel that 
they actually have somewhere to go. And, and the feedback from families so far has been absolutely amazing that they actually, for the first time, have some level of solace, some level of comfort, um, and some level of understanding that someone gets them. So, yeah, I think we, you know, we, we need to, and I'm, I'm guessing that a very similar story in the US, the families um, are needing a whole lot more support than they, they currently get. Definitely, and it, it's a lot there. It, it's a lot of the same, and I think in some aspects they're getting some of the same, um, I guess, respect as a gold star. So if someone gets killed in combat, they're getting some of those same benefits now, but they don't have the community like you're talking about where in the gold star community you have a lot of uh, wives or husbands and kids that all know each other somehow through the, through loss, whereas in, on, when someone takes their own life, you kind of, you kind of set aside a little bit in that mm-hmm. kind of shifted away from others until you finally find a group, maybe hopefully they take care of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. It's exactly right. So if you could, if you could talk to a, a veteran and tell that young man or woman, Hey, you do matter. This is what I need you to do to stay with us. What would you tell them? Um, there's a couple of things. The, the first is that no matter how bad, how horrible whatever it is that's going on for you right now seems, it's not permanent. It's absolutely not permanent. Uh, and so there is there is light at the end of the tunnel and, and whatever it is, we can't change what happened yesterday or last year or 30 years ago. We can't go back and change history. Uh, but we can honestly come to a point of acceptance through that definition I was telling you about before. Um, and, and when we can work with that new version of acceptance, um, then we can start to see things differently. The second thing leads on from that, and that is a quote by a fellow, an American fellow, Wayne Dyer. Um, and the quote is, when, the, when you change the way you look at things, things you look at change when you change the way you look at things the things you look at change and and it it, what it does is invites you to take a different perspective so first of all it's not permanent it's temporary whatever that thing is we can accept it Um, how can i look at whatever it is through a different perspective a different prism how can i take a step back and see the bigger picture of where my life can fit into my family, my friends, my maybe it's a new circle of friends. Maybe I need to move away from the current circle of friends or family or whatever it is um, to, to find a, a new group of people that will help me see the incredible human being that I am. And, uh, you know, so they, they would be the, the top two things. And then the third thing would be, We've got to be selfish in order to be selfless. So you've got to, got to lead yourself first. And and the simple the analogy I use for that in the in the workshops and presentations and whatnot is the oxygen mask in the in the airplanes. Right. right? You know it. Um, you know when the mask drops from the ceiling above you, pull down it firmly to start the flow of oxygen. Put it over your nose and mouth. Secure the straps firmly, start breathing normally. Oxygen will flow without the bag inflating. 
right? So getting a quality night's sleep, putting quality food into your mouth, it, just like going to the gym, it's not the first time you go to the gym that you build the biceps. It's the 8th and the 18th and the 88th time that you go to the gym that you start to see the results. And it's the same saying. It's not the first time that you eat an apple that you'll see the results of that apple. But it's when you start doing that, just one apple every day, starting to change your nutrition and improve your nutrition, um, that you start to see the results. And so, yeah, just... It's not, it's not permanent, it's temporary. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change and be selfless in order to be selfless. Be selfish in order to be selfless. Awesome. Great, great advice right there. All the, both quotes are amazing and, and the advice is spot on. Uh, and we say it right in the beginning of our show, don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. We, we broadcast that every show. I'm not going to change that until we stop seeing those numbers as high as they are. Yeah, checking on our brothers and sisters to make sure they're well. Mm-hmm. Kevin, it's been great chatting with you. How does someone get in contact with you if they want you to maybe speak to their organization or maybe just talk to you about your organization? Yeah, um, so you can go to, I've got a couple of different websites for my speaking. It's my name, kevinhumphreys.com.au, because I'm in Australia, so put the .au on the end of it. Uh, and... Uh, uh, oh, there you go. There it is on the on the bottom of the screen there. And for Core Infinitus, it's C O R I N F I N I T U S dot org. There it is. That one's on the screen too. Perfect timing. Um, and uh, yeah, so you can go to either one of those, and you can reach out and, and grab me there. I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook. Just search my name, and you'll you'll find me on both of those as well. Awesome. Kevin, thanks again for taking some of your your time uh, today for you tonight for us to hang out with the Misfit Nation and uh, and share a wealth of knowledge with us. Mate, absolute pleasure. Uh, I'll be back over your way again in November. I'm planning a, a few speaking engagements over there in November, and then uh, back again early next year is the the tentative plan. So, all right, yeah, it'd be great to catch up with a few few folks then. Awesome. If you make it to Tennessee, let me know. We'll hang out. All right. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Kevin. All right. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Rich. See you later. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. It's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling because we are 